Hi, I'm Rob. Welcome back to the Multi-Site Masters podcast. As the CEO of a technology company supporting the retail and hospitality sectors, I'm constantly fascinated by the stories I hear from the people I encounter day to day. Hopefully you found us because you share my passion for finding out what makes these industries with their large bases of operations and geographically and culturally diverse workforces really tick. As your host, I'm going to be doing just that on this podcast. Every week, I'll be speaking to a leading industry figure about their management philosophies and hope to tease out their tips and insights about what it means to run a successful business at scale. So without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Today, we're speaking with Alistair Murdoch, the CEO of Gourmet Burger Kitchen. Alistair has an incredible track record of results in a variety of multi-site retail environments, both domestic and international, with the likes of Pizza Express, KFC, and Pizza Hut. Well, Alistair, welcome. Thank you for joining us. No problems at all. So, Alistair, we'll get in a bit to your background um, shortly, but just kicking off, everybody knows Gourmet Burger Kitchen. Of course, everybody knows most of the brands that you've been uh, most famously associated with. But just starting with Gourmet Burger Kitchen, I'd love to know, what do you look for in a location manager at a, in a brand like GBK? Uh, I think uh, what we're looking for in, uh, you know, with our restaurant managers really is the ability to fit in and get on with our culture. That's the most important thing, I think, because it's extremely hard work, extremely rewarding in terms of fun that people have. But equally, we're really looking for leaders. Each one of our restaurants is a, um, you know, a profit center, if you want. So they all have budgets. They're responsible for those budgets. But more importantly, they're responsible for 30, 40, 50, uh, you know, people and team. And it's how one leads and manages that team that is, is really critical because largely I find that if people do a good job at managing the team, that will very largely, not always, but very largely follow into actually the restaurant results. Can I ask a slightly naughty question? When the brand's as strong as GBK, how, how much of the success of a site is the, the format and the brand versus the location manager? Clearly, format and brand have, you know, they get you to the party. They, they, they open that door and, you know, it's very important. And obviously, if we traded next door with no brand up, you know, the GBK outlook would be much more successful. So that's apparent. I think I would answer it in two ways. Ultimately, I think the, the ongoing and enduring success of a restaurant's location. It is all about the manager. Now, you know, I can give you an example. Yeah, you know, any number of any number of restaurants or, or locations whereby, uh, you know, historically we used to struggle. You know, this is three or four years ago when we went outside of our sort of London heartland, as was at the time, and we went to uh, towns like Brighton or towns like Guildford, where actually there's a very strong desire for uh, GBK, the brand. Um, and people wanted to be associated with it, but we didn't run those restaurants well enough. And quite often, to be fair to the, the, the individuals, the people that were running it, we overfaced them. They were running these very complex, very difficult business. And, you know, they didn't have enough training. They weren't ready to do those. And, you know, the failure of, of, of the restaurant is, you know, really due to, you know, sort of leadership. You know, one could argue my leadership as opposed to anyone <laughs> now and then. So I do think that the actual... You know, the importance of the restaurant manager can never be overstated. I think that on an enduring basis, that makes it, you know, that's critical for us. 
Do you so, have do you have sort of SWAT teams that you'll send in to do turnarounds? I mean, what what tip what typically? No, are the we wouldn't. We wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't do that. Really, I think it's got to be built from the ground up. But you know what I would say is that you know we measure the success of our restaurants are very much you know the bellwether of success I believe, and we are absolutely focused on this as an organisation is what we call like for like sales. So what mm. that means is how is your restaurant doing versus how it was doing a year ago, and how it was doing two years ago. So we look at that all the time. We feel that we're doing a good job if we're beating the industry average. You know, and we have beaten the industry average now every month for the last five, five, you know, nearly five and a half years. So, you know, that for us is a key measure of success. And you can't do that. Take some of the locations I was talking about, the Brighton for the Guildford's of this world. You can't do that without having good managers, you know, in there. Because eventually the local population will go, you're not doing a good enough job, you're not running it well enough. I'm going to go and eat in one of your competitors or uh, something local, which is, you, you, you know, which perhaps isn't as good from a brand point of view, but I'm going to get better service at. So, you know, the restaurant manager is critical, really, um, <laughs> to the ongoing success of our businesses. At what level do you need to get to to, to transform a business? Uh, I've, I've read previously that you spent some time at Pizza Hut France and actually and transform that business in terms of strategic direction what actually goes into transforming a business and turning it around presumably you have to do that above location manager level at what level do you need to get to to make that sort of an impact strategically uh i think you've got to be uh, i think you've got to be part of the management team uh, uh, uh so part of a team that runs that whole business um and what i mean by that is you know you've got to be able to influence you know, everyone's going to be on board with you. If you say, I want to turn this business around, and you actually don't have everyone else on board with you at a senior level, that's just never going to happen. Because what, what sort of things do you need to get them to do then? Well, I mean, if you take, you know, it's a business like France, I think we fundamentally, you know, had to realize that the strategy that we were going along, the route that we were going along was wrong. So what we were doing, as an example, and the, the the theory behind their logic was good. They were saying, well, actually, labor is very expensive in France, and it still is. Um, but therefore, what we're going to do is we're going to incentivize everyone to come into the into these outlets, because it was a delivery business largely, and get a takeaway rather than being delivered to. That's fine. So what they did was give buy one, get one free on takeaway. But in order to give buy one, get one free on takeaway, and in order to afford it, they had to put the prices up. So ultimately, you as a customer were being you know, forced to come into this business and buy one, get one free, you were getting two pizzas when really you wanted one and you were paying the price of one and a half. So the value equation wasn't there. And the growth of the business, and you see it today through groups like Deliveroo, the extraordinary growth of the business was all about delivery growth. So it was getting people to understand that. And when people understood that concept, that then allowed one to fix it on the ground by implementing the strategy and having you know better tactical you know things in in every restaurant and that's really what we it was understanding the problems of of the economic model and uh, and getting it to work and uh, and we did that's so fascinating do you have a, a kind of a chicken and an egg problem then when it comes to blooding new leaders if they need to ha have sort of exec exec level exposure in order to really make impactful change um but do they not presumably need to demonstrate an ability to make an impact in order to get promoted to to the upper echelons how do, how do you how do you yeah, identify I mean, I think, talent and bring them through 
Well, I think talent is actually, you know, relatively easy to identify. Oh. But remember, but, you know, because I think, you know, but you've got to remember, if you're in my position, you know, someone says, oh, this person's got great potential. Well, potential means they haven't done it. So <laughs> you've got to give, you know, that's what potential means. It means you actually haven't done it. But you might be ready for it, but you haven't done it. So you've got to put people in the place where they can demonstrate it. So I think the wonderful thing about the restaurant or the hospitality industry as a whole is it is fantastically dem- meritocratic or democratic. You can start off anywhere in this organization or any organization and you can work your way to the quick the top really quite quickly and that you know to a certain extent i suppose i did that um i was going to ask you when did you catch when did you catch your first big break or the break that you think set you on the path to where you are now no um i think really i did that back in pizza hut in the uk in the late 90s i was promoted you know quite quickly into the delivery business, the Pizza Hut delivery business, which is, you know, quite a big business these days. But at that time it was failing. And it was, you know, myself and a team of five or six others. And, you know, you know, we all went in there and we turned that round. I was the operations director for that delivery business. And that really, you know, doing that and demonstrating that and we trebled the profitability and we drove the sales and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, put that, business back on, on on the path to growth and it's still growing today which is great i think that that's what really got me going actually but you know trying to go back a step and break it down i think what it is about it is about not being afraid to get one's hands dirty not being too ambitious too quickly that's important you know because what you have to do is demonstrate at the level that you are at so if i'm a restaurant manager i'm afraid to say at the end of the day you are going to, whichever organization you're in, you're going to be racked and stacked against your colleagues. And, you know, it, competition is quite a good, healthy thing when done properly. It, it's quite easy to see he's doing a good job. It's also quite easy to see because most, most people are smart, but actually there are some people doing a good job but in tough circumstances. So, you, you know, I think you have to trust the leadership, uh, you know, to do that. So I think you need to be in your role and do a good job. And if you do that, you will move relatively quickly because the turnover in hospitality is fast, you know? So, you know, great story I have is um, I went to run um, Pizza Express International business and that was bizarrely, bizarrely based out of Barcelona. And over there, one of the guys, um, Alesh, who was a restaurant manager, he was running probably the smallest Pizza Express in the world, you know, and he was fantastic and doing an amazing job in a place which actually we should never have opened a restaurant ever. We then <laughs> took him from that restaurant and we put him into the Pizza Express as was at the time on Las Ramblas, which bizarrely was the biggest Pizza Express in the world. <laughs> and then and then I moved over to GBK and then two years later we brought him over. He became the restaurant manager of the year. Um, and he's now, um, and he's a Catalan and he's now, um, you know, one of our most successful area managers. That's, and he's done fantastically well. And I think there is that opportunity and he's done that in six, seven years, you know, by a willingness to move, uh, a kind of ambition, but an ability to deliver at every level, he's afraid of that. That's an incredible, yeah. it's an incredible story. I mean, you read a lot. Millennials get a pretty bad rap these days, and you read a tremendous amount about millennials always wanting the next job and not necessarily wanting to put in a, a shift. Do you, find, do you find that part of coaching your bright young things is explaining to them that they need to be successful in the job they have and that you do... You know that because of the natural turnover in the hospitality sector, they will get a break. 
but actually then you know in order to be able to responsibly promote them you need to see a track record of success do they do they get that or do you think there is a sort of generational problem with staying the course no, I mean, I think it's easy to say there's a generational problem. There might be that attitude. <laughs> you sound old when you say it. I, I sounded old when I asked the question. No, I think there might, people might perceive that there is that attitude. But, you know, ultimately, most people in this world are smart. They're a lot smarter than I was. You know, <laughs> your education, I think, is much better now than it was 30 years ago. So fundamentally, when people get into the workplace, they realize, if they are ambitious, they realize what they've got to do. Um, and, um, you know, the people I will be chatting to or coaching or mentoring at the end of the day, you, you know, they will have, all, I suppose, already been identified. So, you know, one will be having that conversation. And I think there's nothing better than watching people grow and watching people develop and watching them be successful. And, you know, it's a fantastic feeling when you see, see people's careers develop. And I think another thing that one should do from a leadership point of view, at whatever level you're at in whatever leadership role you are you might just be a section leader in a busy restaurant whatever you're doing you know always try and employ people that are smarter and better than you i i think you know that's really quite a good lesson you know because they're not going to take your job it's very unlikely that they are going to take your job and they're going to make you look better than you probably are so i don't think there's anything wrong with that i've spent i made my career out of hiring people that are smarter than me. <laughs> do, do people get the Some opportunity? Might argue that's quite a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> do, do people in your businesses tend to get the opportunity to hire from pretty early on? And do, you typically location managers will of course be recruiting. Will you? Will, will typically you encourage assistant managers and perhaps even junior to that to be involved in recruitment processes? Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. In a in a good restaurant, you know, um, you know, the assistant manager should be there, part of the process. You, you know, should be helping their development. One of the things that we have has been very successful for us has been actually, you know, we've had a number of our senior managers have had development plans, and we make them responsible for their own development. And we're about to take that process with our brightest and smartest um, uh, assistant managers. And I think that's really good, you know, because if you see someone who takes responsibility for their own development, and as an assistant manager, that absolutely, one of those roles could be, you are responsible for hiring this team, or you know, recruiting, and you, you can see how they recruit the talent, or, or, or don't, as the case may be. And, you know, so uh, I think development plans, and you know, which are meaningful, and are owned by the individual, and not onerous, um, are, 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 you know, really simple, easy, effective tools to use. Where do you, where do you find that most people need need development? I'm sure everybody's different, but if you just put people into broad buckets, and do you find that a lot of the people that make it are people, people innately, and therefore need a bit more uh, help, or perhaps even just more confidence in terms of running P and Ls? Or do you find actually that lots of people find the P and L on the operational stuff more straightforward than the human side, or is it just is there no passion to it? No, I mean, I think largely if you want to become really successful, you, most people lack in the commercial area. They don't lack, but I, I think a lot of people, you know, need help commercially, you know, really need to understand the depths of the, you know, commercially. I mean, uh, so that's how do, my how own do you help view. Them I think acquire that. might have different views. What? How do you help them acquire okay. that, that understanding of the commercials? Because presumably a fair number of the decisions that, that affect the P&L are baked in above their level but do you, is it just about giving them a general yeah awareness? absolutely well let's you know let's be really you know really straightforward you know so uh, you know i might you know rather nasty question but not unfair not wrong money i could walk into a restaurant and ask the manager what's it what's your rent 
what rent are you paying this month? He should know that because it's sitting on his or her P&L. Yeah. Um, so they should know that, you know, and more often than not, they won't know that. And so it's asking those type of questions will give you an insight quite quickly. And then you're not, it's not about you being nasty. And then uh, um, I think there's no substitute for a restaurant manager sitting down with their area manager on a monthly basis amongst all the other people things that they're doing, because most of the issues will be people, but also having a session once a month on their P&L. So they have to present their P&L or they have to talk about their P&L back to their area manager and vice versa. That's and I think that really deepens everyone's understanding. So to give you an example, what I would do, even at Pizza Hut, I would have had you know, a very sound idea, understanding on a monthly basis of five or 600 P&Ls. You know, I wouldn't know them in, inside out, but I'd have a very good idea. If you'd asked me what sales are that restaurant's doing, you know, I, I would probably know that level of detail. And I would expect the people that work for me also have that level of detail. Wow. Uh, you know, I would be quite demanding on that. And I would expect they would be. And I'm not demanding in a nasty way. But I think, another, let me give you another very simple example that everyone can do. So you go into a restaurant, okay, let's say you sell pizzas in your restaurant or burgers, it makes no difference. <laughs> you know, it is about saying, does the manager understand, you know, let's say uh, you've got five pizzas or five burgers on your menu at 9.95. Well, which one? First question is, which one's the most profitable? Which one's selling the most? Yeah, of you course. Know, I, which one's the most profitable means which one has the lowest cost price, I, which has the best GP. Is he getting her? Is she getting her, her team to sell the most profitable pizzas or the most profitable burgers on a daily basis in that restaurant? And I would imagine in 95% of the cases that we go into, not me personally, that any of us would go into people aren't at that level of detail. And if they are, that's very impressive. But that, that's interesting. That's isn't quite it? a straightforward example. Well, it, yeah, well, and you could do. I could do that over. I could give you a hundred examples like that you know in terms of how you could just make a little bit more money without actually upsetting the value or upselling too much or you know there are hundreds of ways one could do that what a fascinating and, um, way what a know. fascinatingly straightforward way to put yourself i mean straightforward if you can remember all of those different numbers but um to put yourself into the top five percent how do you how difficult is it to make the transition from uh, location manager to area manager what are the different skills involved making that transition in one of your businesses I think that's an excellent question, and I actually think it's our. I think that is the hardest move of all. It's not, you know, when you've done my job, sadly, as long as I have, I'm actually very <laughs> young, really. But you, you, you know, you understand and you have a rhythm and a way of working. But I think that's the hardest job because when you are promoted, what happens is you're you are ultimately getting promoted because you're the best of that bunch. Yeah, you're, you are the best of your peers or, you know, perceptually, we, we believe or someone believes that you have more ability at leading other teams than other people in your peers. And so largely, you will have overachieved in your previous roles. That, you know, is a generalization, but it's probably true. So therefore, the problems that those individuals I see again and again is they will start off with their restaurants and they will try and run all seven, eight, five, ten, however many restaurants they have as though they were running, as though it was theirs. Oh. And you can't do that. You will die because you're trying to be the restaurant manager of every restaurant, and you can't. You have to let go. You have to give responsibility. You have to you know, let them take their decisions. You have to give them the opportunity. You have to give them the feedback. You have to let them make their mistakes. 
and that is the biggest problem in, 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 uh, that I see, and I've seen it again and again over the years. And it's human nature. So it's how you manage that. I think it's the biggest hurdle in terms of any form of management, because uh, you know, moving from a single site operator to multi-site, then that is the key challenge that I see that people don't exhibit. That's absolutely fascinating. Alistair, I'm conscious that your time is precious and you didn't have that much to, uh, to invest in the podcast, but thank you so much for joining us. I have no doubt that everybody that listens to this is going to find it fascinating, whether they aspire to, uh, to work for your business or um, may, you know, maybe a rival, or maybe, maybe they're dreaming of build, building their own and are going to have to scale a business and move through the gears all the way up to CEO themselves. Either way, I'm sure that they'll have taken value in your advice. Thank you. No, thank you very much. Well, if anyone's any good, they can always come and see me. <laughs> Thanks again to Alistair Murdoch, CEO of Gourmet Burger Kitchen. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you have any feedback or would like to feature or suggest someone to feature on an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch via the website multisitemasters.co.uk. That's M-U-L-T-I-S-I-T-E masters, all one word, .co.uk where you can sign up for email updates and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Multisitemaster. That's it for now. I hope to see you back here soon when I'll be joined by my next Multisitemaster. <laughs>